0: This morning's scripture reading is taken from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, if you'd like to turn there, chapter 4, um, chapter 4, verse 4, 4 through 8. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice. Let your forbearance be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Good morning. We have a number of guests with us this morning, and for your presence, we are so grateful. I know that you're here probably with family or friends, and I know that they're glad that you're here too. But most important, I believe God is glad that we're all here, because He is worthy of our praise, our worship. Our sacrifice. A new year is almost here. Now, for a number of us, we're saying, what has happened to 2021? Because it seemed like just yesterday we were welcoming a new year. That may not be true with all of us, but it's true with a number of us. But another year has already come upon us. Here's a question to think about. How can we make the next year one of our very best years? How can we make 2022 one of the best years that we have ever experienced? I believe that the Word of God answers that question in a general way. Because, you see, it answers the question not just by dealing with the year that's upon us, but it would be applicable to any year, to any time, and to any individual. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Philippians. And notice chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4... Hear what Paul has to say to the church at Philippi. And hear what he's saying to you and me as well. As an apostle of Jesus Christ, he writes these words. He says, verse 1, Finally, brethren, loved and longed for, my joy and my crown... So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Now, if you'll look at this passage, this one verse, here is the essential ingredient for making any year one of our best years. Stand fast in the Lord. Mark it. No one is really going to have a great year in the big picture of things unless they use the year to stand fast to grow in the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul would write, now we really live if we stand fast in the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, the same individual, Paul, would write through the Holy Spirit, watch, stand fast in the faith, behave yourselves as adults who are mature, let all be done in love. On another occasion, Paul would say, having done all to stand, stand Ephesians 6:11, Ephesians 6 verses 13 and 14. So it is obvious that Paul has a mindset, an attitude that he wants to convey to others about how crucial, how important it is to stand fast in the Lord. And notice how he balances this, because standing fast in the Lord is not always easy. But what he does is convey a tremendous amount of affection. He calls these people brethren. He calls them people that he loves and longs for. He calls them his joy and crown. Ultimately, when we all get to heaven, Paul is writing, I'm going to consider you my greatest joy Outside of being in the presence of the Lord Himself, I'm going to consider you my crown. And then He calls them beloved. Beloved. You're not just loved, you're loved greatly by God and by me. That's what He's saying. How can we stand fast? Think of the possibility of instability. A lot of people are spiritually unstable. They're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14 Some people by personality seem to be unstable, though Reuben was the oldest of his brothers In the Old Testament, in Genesis 49 and verse 4, it is said that he is as unstable as water. There are some people that you know that are are very... You can count on them. You can depend upon them. They're stable. And there are other people that you're almost shocked whenever you can actually depend on them. Can God depend on... ...on you to want to be stable, to stand fast, to grow in the Lord in 2022. That's really what Philippians 4:1 through 9 is all about, ladies and gentlemen. It is about viewing each day as a privilege and opportunity to grow in the Lord and to draw nearer to Him... Now what follows in verses 2 through 9 are seven principles that we'll call how to make the next year one of our best years. But even more fundamentally, this has to do with building our relationship with God. And if the Bible is a book from God and about God, there is nothing more important than having a relationship with God. Let's look at these seven principles and notice how each one really revolves around the Lord. For those of you that are familiar with Philippians, he was in prison when he wrote the book. For those who are familiar with the book of Philippians, he loved the church at Philippi a great deal, but he was very concerned about some of the trials and the difficulties that they were facing. And while he's in prison, he's not going to be able to be there in person to help them work through these trials and difficulties. Oh, friends... No matter what happens to us in 2022, the Lord can be with us. And there's tremendous hope and blessing in that thought. Notice verses 2 and 3 for the first of these seven principles. Let me give you the passage. I exhort Euodia and I exhort Syntyche to women to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I exhort you also, true yoke fellow, help these women. For they labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. What's the principle that you're trying to get at here, Paul? Mike, what are you trying to get across in preaching this passage? Agree. In the Lord. Agree in the Lord. Mark it down. We may have differences in background and personal taste and opinion, but God's people should make every effort to agree in the Lord. Notice this passage itself. It says, I exhort Euodia and I exhort Syntyche. Do you see that? I urge Euodia, I urge Syntyche. There is mutual exhortation. It'd be like he's saying, I exhort Adam and I exhort Mike to be of the same mind in the Lord. What he's saying applies to both of them equally. Agree in the Lord. Had this been a doctrinal matter, Paul, as an apostle, would have said who was wrong and who was right. After all, here's Paul in Galatians 2 confronting Peter when Peter was guilty of racial prejudice. So certainly if this were a matter of truth, a matter of that God had spoken and people needed to respond to in obedience or disobedience, Paul would have dealt with this. Everything about these two verses, two and three, speak of a mutual thing. Euodia and Syntychei, are both exhorted. And notice, though Paul was an apostle and had authority from God, he doesn't say, I command Euodia, and I command Syntyche. He, though an apostle who could have commanded, hey, girls, get your act together, sisters. He could have said that. And they would have needed to pay attention. But what he does is choose this Affectionate and encouraging approach. Both of you I exhort. Secondly in this passage, he exhorts both of them to be of the same mind. I exhort Euodia and I exhort Syntyche to be one of the same mind. To have a similar attitude and disposition... And in this case, it has to do with agreeing in the Lord and not allowing our our background or our personal taste or our opinions to hurt the church. Mutual help. I exhort you also, true yoke fellow, help these women. Mutual encouragement... A mutual attitude or mindset in the Lord. Be one in the Lord. Be at harmony in Jesus. Help. Mutual help. You help these women. They've helped me. They have been laborers, mutual laborers, side by side in the Lord. And notice this. And the rest of my fellow workers, these two sisters in Christ, were fellow workers... And the rest are my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. These two women had their names written in the book of life, but you wouldn't know it by the way they were relating here in the world. I suspect Sister Euodia and Sister Syntyche wept when they read this. And listen, brothers and sisters. Even some of the best Christians can contribute to disunity and disharmony in the body of Christ. I don't ever want to do that, do you? But it can happen. Here is the enemy to think about. If agreement in the Lord is desirable, giving diligence to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, Ephesians 4 and verse 3, behold how good and excellent it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, Psalm 133 and verse 1, then we need to think about the awfulness of disunity And division among God's people, even when it comes to matters of background, personal taste, and personal opinion. Because even then, we don't want to hurt the church. We want Jesus to smile as He looks down on us. Secondly, look at verse 4 of Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Not only should there be people who agree in the Lord, if you want to make next year one of your best years, rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes our circumstances are hard to rejoice in. Can I get an amen there? Paul's in prison. He cares about the church, Steve Mills, at Philippi, and he can't be there right now. And sometimes it's one of the most uncomfortable things in all the world to know that you need to be somewhere else, but you just can't. If we place joy in circumstances, we will never have the joy spoken of by Paul In this passage, Philippians 4. We'll never have the joy. Rejoice in the Lord. Do you see that? In the Lord. While it may not be easy to rejoice in our particular circumstances, we can do this. We can rejoice in the Lord who has promised us that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, Romans 8, We can rejoice in the Lord who says, I will not allow any temptation to come into your life that is more than you can bear, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I will even use the circumstances in your life ultimately to make you more established and mature in the faith. First, uh, first Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. Rejoice in the Lord. Circle the word. Always. And then... For the sake of super emphasis, he repeats himself. Again, I say, rejoice. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. It is an imperative to have this ongoing sense of joy. And here's the point. If you delight in stuff and in circumstances being favorable, you will never have lasting joy because stuff and circumstances seldom go exactly the way we would all want them to go. Here's a man writing that some of us find hard to connect with because of what he valued. His joy was ultimately in the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's full joy, 1 John 1, 1.4. It is joy unspeakable, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. What gives you the greatest delight? Delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37.4 His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Is your delight in God and in His Word? When our delight is in God and His Word, then we see circumstances, and we see people, and we see the ups and downs of life. through that lens it's amazing to me some people have been Christians for a long time and they have never really learned that unless our delight is in God and His word we have no lasting joy the pursuit of something that is just beyond one's reach verse 5 I love this one Let your forbearance, your sweet reasonableness, your gentle humility be known to all. The Lord is at hand. That last expression, the Lord is at hand, it can mean as far as time. And so then this passage would mean the second coming of the Lord could come at any time. The Lord is at hand, But it seems better to take the passage, the term as meaning, the Lord is near. He's present. I've thought about this a lot. I don't know if you have. What do you want to be doing when Jesus comes? I thought a lot about that, and it breaks my heart to think that when the Lord does come back, some people are going to be saying things they should never have been saying. Isn't that true? Some people are going to be engaged in activities that they should never have been engaged in. They were wrong. And some people are going to be thinking, they're going to be having thoughts go through their minds that are as far removed from Jesus and His goodness and love as they can be. But friends, when we stop and think about the nearness of God, why should we think and do And say those things now when it is as if Jesus is present in the room. You want to make 2022 one of your best years ever? Think about how forbearance, sweet reasonableness... Gentle humility because we are aware of the presence of God. Here's the idea. Here's the principle. Trust in the nearness of the Lord. Because, Thomas, when you really believe that the Lord is near, you watch what you say. You watch what you do. And you want, you, you want to think in a way that will make Him happier. You love Him. We've looked to agree in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, trust that the Lord is near. Number four, look at verse six and seven. In nothing be anxious, in nothing worry. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds, your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Present your request to the Lord in prayer. That's the fourth principle. Present your request to the Lord in prayer. It is stated negatively first. In nothing, worry. Then positively, in everything, pray. To understand that our Father is a good Father, so ask and seek and knock in prayer. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. You want to make 2022 a better year, one of your very best years? Present everything to God in prayer. And don't worry. That's got to be one of the hardest things in all the Bible, huh? Huh? I've said a number of times from this pulpit over the years, I have taken some of my worries and anxieties to God in prayer and said in Jesus' name, amen, picked them up and shouldered them again after I took them to Him. That is bizarre, but even worse than being bizarre, it's just unwise. Now listen to this. A worry wart has a prayer issue. A worry wart has a prayer issue. Because worry and prayer are like fire and water. Nothing will drown out Prayer Like worry, and nothing will burn away worry like prayer. How big is your God and mine? The children, pupackers, sing, My God is so big, is He? He's far bigger than we could ever imagine, isn't He? There are limits to what you and I can do. But surely one of the biggest things we can do is take our worries and anxieties to God's throne. And realize that they are in the best of all hands when they're committed to Him. I haven't done so well at that a lot of times in my life. Like I said, I want to pick them back up and shoulder the burden. And what all that is saying to me is, Mike, your God's too small. Present your anxieties and struggles and worries to Him knowing He cares for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Think about this. The problem when it comes to the, verse 5, and the Lord is at hand, the Lord is near. Sometimes we think that God is distant. But that's not how He's revealed. That's not the only way He's revealed. He's the God who's near. So much so that He's the God that came down and lived among us. And then you get to this idea of worry. And what Jesus says and what Paul the Apostle of Jesus says is prayer is a clear indication (laughs) of... Of the confidence that we have in God. Next, look if you will at verses 7 and 9. Know the peace of the Lord. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and your thoughts, your minds, in Christ Jesus. And then again in verse 9, the God of peace will be with you. Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you, not as the world knows give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. I love what is said about the peace here. The peace of God. The peace of humanity is short-lived, isn't it? The peace of God. That passes all comprehension. How do you explain to somebody the peace that God gives? About the best way to try to explain it is to so live in confident trust that they see it. Because, in a very real way, you can't put into words the peace that we can have through Jesus, it surpasses all human understanding. People don't get it. But when they see it long enough, it starts to baffle them. The God of peace. You know what is the problem and what's the enemy to the peace that's spoken of in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, and then verse 9? You know what the enemy is? Inner conflict and turmoil. And I'm so conflicted. My, my stomach is just torn up. I am wrapped up in knots. I think that that would be true with everyone. Were not the peace of God available. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, Galatians 5:22, and 23. They have perfect peace, Isaiah 26 and verse 3, because their heart is stayed on, on you. It's focused on you, God. You're listening well. Two more quickly. Look at verse 8. Here is the sixth of the seven. If we'd really stand fast and make 2022 one of our best years ever, congregationally, as a family, individually, think like Jesus. Think like the Lord. Look at verse 8. Finally, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just or right, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think, mark it, circle it. Think, it means dwell on these, contemplate, carefully consider, evaluate, scrutinize. The Greek word, legosomai. And really it has to do with looking at from every possible angle and making a God-honoring judgment. Think on these things. Now let's just stop. How many of us have spent more time than we ought to have in 2021 thinking on things that weren't true? How many of us have thought about a lot of things in 2021 that are dishonorable, that are not just a right, that are not pure? I don't see how a more godly, positive attitude can be developed by being focused and thinking about all the wrong things. I realize they're powerful, it's easy to become focused on those things. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. And the idea behind that term, and it's really a unique term in the New Testament, is that it inspires beauty and awe. Whatsoever things are of good report. And the idea is this. well-spoken of, well-spoken of. Is this the kind of thing that really I could say about another and I'd be encouraging? Virtuous and praiseworthy think on these things. Now think about this with me. Jesus always focused on what was true. He always focused on what was honorable. He always focused on what was right and just. He always focused on what was pure. He always focused on what was lovely and of good report and virtuous and praiseworthy. And while you and I might struggle with that, maybe one of the best prayers we could pray Is God help me to think more like Jesus? And defeat me when I think in ways that are not like Him? I think that'd make 2022 an awfully good year, don't you? Number seven. Look at verse nine. The things that you both learned and received and heard and saw in me do. And the God of peace will be with you. Attitude adjustment. The things that you learned. And the word therefore learned is really related to the word to disciple, to instruct, to teach, to bring along... To be an understudy. Paul is saying, I've been the Lord's understudy and you follow me as I follow the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Paul would say, he that says he abides in him John would say this, he that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. 1 John 2, six. Things that you learned and received Well, it's always good to talk about reception uh, and receiving things this fast after Christmas because it's been a season of giving. How have we received Jesus? and the truth of God's message. You receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the very word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 Why am I in preaching right now so emphasizing what the text says? Because if the word is from God Himself, who are we? We need to listen to Him. And it's His Word that can give us life and hope. The things that you learned and received and heard. Be careful how you hear Luke eight eighteen And saw. I love how this kind of breaks down. You learned and received Jesus and His truth. But you saw and you heard Christianity lived out in me. And Paul's not saying that to brag. He's saying it as one who put his entire confidence in the Lord. I think that 2022 can be one of the best years ever. Amen? I think 2022 can be one of the best years ever. Amen? Amen, Amen. Baptistry! It's amazing sometimes how people think, so be it, may it be so, Our life ought to be a living amen. I don't think it should be too hard to say it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ellie. Now, 15-month-old granddaughter comes to Pops' aid. Thank you. But this can make a big difference in our life. I want to say this as kindly as I can. Some people may not come to Christ because of you and me. And they may not come to Christ because of you and me, and it doesn't make them right. But they may not come to Christ because of attitude problems that you and I have. They may not come to Jesus because they see things in us that don't really reflect the Lord. May God help us not to be guilty of that. And when we are, may we look to God in prayer. We're about to stand and sing a song of encouragement. Perhaps there's one here today that needs to put on Jesus in baptism. You believe He's the Son of God. You want to turn from sin. And you want to have the best year you've ever had. Well, through Jesus, you can. And I can. It may be that there's a dear brother or sister that's been overwhelmed by their circumstances. Maybe health issues, job loss, family issues and problems. Our God can see us through. He's that big. Let us stand.